1: Welcome to the Go Big Betcast
2: with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob.
1: Welcome to a Go Big Betcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer.
0: Oh, well, I I had some uh, hot takes planned, Dave, but I was planning for us to come out in kind of an odd uh, number of members today. Uh, it looks like there's an even number of us here, so I have to throw about half those out, so I'm going to need some time to adjust here. So.
1: I'm I'm completely confused too. I am scrambling right now. Uh, also with producer Skip.
3: Oh, where's Honky and uh, Mac? Looks like uh, one of them got injured, and you're putting in me as a backup. Well, I'm gonna bring it like Stitkowski.
1: Uh, yeah, we the Redcast was in Champagne, and uh, the casualties were were heavy. Two of the three have not yet recovered, uh, but we do have Redcast Rob.
2: Well, after an exciting week in, in Illinois, I figured I would just uh, punt any and all questions uh, down to the two-yard line and try to... Uh, oh, damn it. Did I just get knocked down for safety?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guys, uh, a, lot of, a lot of funny hot takes there, uh, but the uh, result last Saturday was not funny as Nebraska goes down to Illinois 30-22. to 22 um and it was the same old movie as scott frost said i think everybody's exhausted by this and um we don't know what else to, to say um we did have a mailbag out there boomer right so we can uh, tackle some of that it's a little bit of a hybrid redcast betcast here tonight um so we'll we'll take a few of those questions maybe talk a little bit about what we saw and our hopes for for going forward and then turn our attention to uh the betcast uh, run through the Big Ten lines as well as some of the most prominent uh, national games in this week one of the college football season. Boomer, let's uh, crack open that mailbag and see what it has.
0: All right. it's a good idea, Dave. We've got a couple of play sheets to work off of here, so pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. First off, uh, let's uh, just start here from Blackshirt Nation. Uh, he says, so much hate from the media. Let's hear a big positive each of you saw from this weekend at week zero. And surprisingly, there were a
3: couple.
1: I'll go first so I don't run out of ideas. Um,
3: <laughs> Damn it, you're probably taking mine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the defense played really well the first 12 minutes of the game or so. Uh, I think Darius Payne had two sacks. We had lots of uh, QB pressures. We knocked Brandon Peters out. Um, There's potential there that we could actually get to the quarterback this year. I need to be able to sustain that throughout the game, though.
3: Skip? Oh, uh we got touchbacks with consistency from our kickoff specialist.
1: That is true. That was a massive improvement. That's the one thing in special teams that did actually get better.
2: Rob. I am positive that we need to find other people to practice against because apparently whatever all these positive practices are producing um, hasn't turned into positive results. How's that? Is that, is that positive enough? <laughs> uh
1: spoken like someone who was at the game and had to actually suffer through that miserable
0: uh ride home with Punky and mac i would imagine uh boomer oh boy uh those were a lot of the easy ones there um let's just you know one vague bright spot in the receiving core i thought oliver martin had a decent game you know had over 100 yards receiving good average scored a touchdown so wasn't the wide receiver i expected to step up and you know, have the most touches, but good for him anyway. So there's a positive.
1: All right. Yeah. Well, those are for four positives. I don't know what else we'd have much to say on that one, but thanks for the question. Uh, Boomer, next one.
0: All right. This is from from uh, listener uh, Kyle Anderson, or at least Twitter follower Kyle Anderson. Uh, how does Frost fix what seems to be a common problem of opposing teams winning the big play battle every week?
1: Hmm. Well, I guess he's referring to, say, things like turnovers, which is a big play was, again, the scoop and score they had with Adrian fumbling the ball. Um, And so, I mean, we need to stop that. Um, You know, Illinois had a a couple of big plays on offense. Obviously, they had the deep ball to a converted quarterback who had never played the position before. Somehow, miraculously, he can be inserted into the game immediately and have an impact (laughs) on the outcome. And That wasn't Williams who caught that. No, I know. It was another.
3: Uh, oh, another right quarterback. converted quarterback.
1: Jeez. It was. It was. Yeah, it wasn't even Williams. Um, and uh, obviously uh, Epstein had a couple of big runs, but, we, we, you know, Martin got loose uh, for a, a big, big play as well as Adrian. So I, I, I guess I would say it, it was the turnovers and that, that's a fundamental flaw that has followed this uh, coaching staff for the last four years. So I don't know how they're going to fix it. Boomer.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, some of it, you know, when we say you know, the big play battle, some of that's just, you only really realize how big of a play it is in in hindsight. Because uh, if you talk about, like, longest play from scrimmage, I mean, that had to be, you know, Martinez's 75-yard touchdown running. Or you know? like, ooh, 75-yard play, great. That's a huge play that we didn't have. And, you know, we had a few deep balls. Well, relatively speaking, deep balls for us, you know, that were passes. Um but again, those aren't the plays that are drawn up. You know, our best offense has seemed to be broken quarterback plays. And, you know, we generate a turnover here and there. They don't seem to amount to anything. And Illinois does, and they get a touchdown. It just seems to be the strangest thing happens over and over and over again. Like for us, Ed, it's the same movie that we're seeing. And, you know, as big of fans as you know some of the Redcasters are, the Police Academy series, I think they're even getting worn out from watching the same thing over and over again. So, yeah, I don't know how you fix that. Man. Some of it is just. You know, there's there's going to be big plays for everybody. It's just other teams seem to convert those into a backbreaker or just a game changer, more way yeah. more so than we ever do. Meaningful
3: points. Skip, Rob? Um, yeah, well, penalties play a big part of that. Uh, how many big plays we've had on offense this year, the last that are were negated by a holding. Um, and then another huge play uh, would have been a huge um, – uh, gain to our momentum was the interception that we had that ended up being a roughing the passer as well as a taunting on on top of it so instead of getting the ball around midfield while we were up uh six to two we ended up giving them 30 yards in distance in a first down that's getting a pick is a huge play especially in midfield and you know how I many times we're nine
1: two at that point.
3: Oh, yeah, sorry, so nine we... 2 yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's not like we're always get <laughs> it's you know, this question is those are the big plays that go on record. Well, that didn't go on record for us anymore, you know, because of a penalty, you know. Yep, that's right. We've had so many big plays negated by penalties over the last few years. So that's one reason he's losing uh, the big play matchup every game as well.
2: I mean I will say this too is that I was at the game yeah and and actually the the ride home with Honky Mac wasn't as miserable as some would have thought that it would be because um apathy would be the word that I would use at this point like we walked away from that and I swear as we were walking out I stopped at one point and looked back and and Honky Mac looked at me and they were like did you forget something and I was like no I just thought I'd take one last look to see if I could see Bill Murray here because i could swear that we were in the middle of groundhog's day mm-hmm. like that's basically the whole way it feels i mean in the words of vince neal it's the same old situation it's the same you know old song and dance like it's it's just over that's and over than the again. same movie quote I, rob that's good thank you thank you and
0: it, <sighs> for a trendier listeners it's like uh, waking up in the bathroom and russian doll over and over again <laughs>
2: basically yes yes and and um i will say this is that we didn't have to watch any police academy this weekend i think we tried to switch it up for honky to maybe change some of the the you know mentality here we watched dodgeball we watched um we watched meet the millers and then we watched little Days and confused so maybe instead of watching police academy maybe honky by switching it up it'll help the team in some weird transcending way but yeah i got nothing
1: i hear you all right boomer next question
2: all right our next
0: question comes from zach also on twitter where he comments how illinois adjusted to early pressure by going quick with their passes three-step drops quick pass to the sidelines what should nebraska do in the future to keep the pressure on or is there anything that can be done
1: so this is how can the defense apply pressure to a a quarterback game where they're going to do a quick drop back and get the ball out type thing right? yeah i
0: think so especially you know illinois really seemed to play to what you know sitkowski could do they weren't asking him to do anything you know too crazy it's just simple basic passes after kind of establishing a run so what can we do on that as good yeah, as our defense yeah. looked early and then then what uh,
1: that's that's a good question um i think sitkowski probably only threw the ball 12 or 15 times but for a high percentage um a couple deep shots and everything else was just uh, short and and sweet um you know, I think if you know that they are getting the ball out early, I, I think you'd probably have to start getting your defensive lineman to start trying to time that and start jumping up, closing those passing lanes, knocking the ball down. He's going to think twice, uh, throwing those quick outs. He doesn't see his receiver as well. Um, and then you can, again, start to create some turnovers there, but it didn't seem to happen. Skip, other other thoughts on how you uh, defend that?
3: I mean, you can't get pressure on a three-step drop deliver that you know you can't expect to do that and so the way you do it is you have to play tight man coverage and uh put a lot of guys back there you can only bring four you know and hope the rest of your seven are spread out appropriately to make it look like it's not a pass he wants to make with a three yard drop quick release um And so you got to start to get them to change that. Uh, So once that his first read on a three-yard drop pass is not open, that's what buys your line more time to get some pressure, right? Um, He starts not seeing um, his open first receiver, second receiver, and he's running through his progressions. And then hopefully you got the pocket to collapse at that point. But you can't really just defend a three-star drop pass by getting pressure there's no pressure to be there they're they're purposely going to avoid all pressure with plays like that so you got to take those quick reads away from them so that he won't throw that ball and he starts to hesitate and then your defensive line hopefully is up to him at that point um
2: yeah you got to jam those wide receivers at the line of scrimmage that's really the only way you cannot play off that yeah you got to jam them up at the line of scrimmage change the routes Um, you know, because that's what those quick passes are. It's, it's basically like wide receivers are running a specific route. He's throwing the ball to a spot, knowing that the wide receiver is going to be there on, on the timing, you know I mean? Yeah. And Dave, you're right. He was 12 for 15 for 124 yards, you know, um, he was only sacked once. And, and that's a lot of the reason why, right. Um, there, you aren't going to get a lot of coverage sacks on, on a guy that's just throwing the ball eight yards down the field or three yards down the field for a five yard gain afterwards, et cetera. So sure.
1: I think that it felt like, you know, they that those plays didn't necessarily really beat Nebraska, right? I, I feel like there's other reasons we lost this game than, you know, letting Zakowski go 12 of 15 and, and mainly throwing stuff underneath.
2: Nebraska um, beat Nebraska. And that's what's so frustrating about yeah. this.
3: Yeah, I agree. Right. I only feel like they had two good drives all game.
2: Yeah, they just came I mean, with the, Even the, that the other touchdown form. was,
3: even their touchdown, uh, that long touchdown pass. That was perfectly covered. Oh, his, yeah. Uh, Boodle's hands were on the guy. Was, and he it caught was, it.
1: Uh, Desmuke, I believe.
3: Oh, Desmuke, Yeah, his hands were on the guy. He was all over him. It yeah. was just one of those lucky catches that that was literally the only uh, maybe one-foot circle that ball could have been dropped 45 yards downfield. It was a perfect it was throw. There. It was a perfect was. throw. The receiver made the play. That's just a luck thing that you can't blame your defense on um, really. The- well, that's the kind of pass you can only
0: expect from a Rutgers cast off quarterback. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. Who had thrown uh, eight touchdowns and 20 INTs coming into the game.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. They figured he was due, I guess, yeah. Dave. I, I don't mean, know. that's, that is just an unlucky play, not in your favor. Um, and really the only dominating drive they had was the first drive at, uh, right out after halftime. Yeah, that's right. And on
1: top of it, that that pass play, I might be mistaken, but I, I think that probably was the first pass catch from that receiver who had just moved from quarterback to the wide receiver room in his college career. So, I mean, like, all of that happening, the odds yeah. of that happening. Still the low stars
3: to... always align against us.
2: Yes, Dave, he had one catch for 45 yards in the game. Yep, there you go. Congratulations, D-span.
1: Boomer, next one.
0: Okay, uh, wrapping up the questions from the game, this from our friend Meg, uh, from the Poppin' Colonels podcast, and she asked, besides the game, how great was that weekend? And Rob, that's probably directed to you being the one representative of us at Champaign. So tell us how was the crowd, the, the fans, the atmosphere?
2: Well, it was nice. We got to meet a few of our Twitter followers, and that was pretty cool. Uh, Meg, obviously, um, I spent more time talking to her husband. Super nice guy. Um, I think his name was Meg's husband. Uh, uh, GBR uh, Johnny, or um, I don't know. He always changes his name on there, but he was there. Um, he's a big dude, like, and I mean, like, tall. You know, I guess he's a former walk-on um, at Nebraska, um, and built. Built like it. I mean, you can see it. The guy, the guy looked like he was a, a player back in the day. Um, you know, and then, uh, let's see, Carolina Husker was there. Um, you know, if you had an opportunity to talk to him, you definitely know it. Uh, that boy will talk your ear off for, you know, you think I talk a lot. Um, I barely got a word in edgewise with him. So um, we actually saw him at the bar on Friday night, and then we saw him again at the game on Saturday. So it was really good to, to meet up um, a couple other people that were out there. Um, Annie shout out to you Uh, super sweet girl she was there with her boyfriend so um, yeah we had a good time it was it was it was nice it was it was nice to see some of these people in person uh, meet up with them Um, you know I I obviously I wasn't drinking but they were um, you know enjoying their bush lights and Coors lights and and all of the other fine American lagers available to you in any of your local uh, grocery stores liquor stores etc
1: so champagne and beer is really
2: uh, but well, no, there, there was no um, yeah, champagne. Oh, I get what you did there. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, it, and it was a good time. It was just so hot. It was like 90% humidity out there. And um, I'm still sunburned from the whole thing. And, um, you know, if I could do it all over again, I would, um, obviously hoping for a different result.
1: Yeah, I hear you, Rob. Uh, Skip and I watched it here in in Denver, my house. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, when that first turnover, the, the punt, the safety—I'll take it back—the safety happened. I mean, we just looked at each other like, just I can't believe this just happened. And um, you know, it's been broken broken up a couple of different ways on on why that happened or why it would have happened. And uh, there's no real good excuse on why you um, uh, received that ball at, at the two. Yeah, Rob.
2: So where we were sitting, um, I was actually close enough where I probably could have had a conversation with Cam Taylor, Britt, um, and not had to raise my voice whatsoever. Um, And right before I caught it, I was screaming out, what are you doing? Don't catch the ball. Don't catch the ball. I was screaming it at and. I, I mean, we were really that close and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I was probably less than 30 feet away from him um, where we were sitting at the game um, inside the 10 yard line, row six, nobody sitting in front of us. Those seats were tarped off and um, yeah. And I still don't understand it to this point. I, I don't get it. So moving on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hear you. You know, Skip, you've uh, you know, looked at some of the game film and one of the things you pointed out to me while we were watching the game is your frustration with our, um, passing tree right the the routes that we run seem to not really get anybody open um and i I think that's that's an interesting observation you know i've I've listened to some some of the national podcasts who just like you know wrote and just really just went into this game and like saying it's a disaster you know and and i can't blame them for it um but a lot of their observation was like well juice nebraska just isn't that talented but sometimes it feels like we just don't put our players in positions to to make plays and we don't seem to run routes that get people open either. Right.
3: Yeah. um, Specifically, you know, I sent you guys some screenshots of a lot of these routes today where we've got three guys running the same direction, very near each other. We've got, um, we'll do um, a formation on the right hash mark. And three of our receivers are right of the right hash mark within uh, a little 10-yard square, and a fourth receiver is on the hash mark. So we got four people to the close side, all within a bunch of each other. Well, of course, none of those receivers are going to look open with the amount of defensive backs that are in that small zone covering. Um, there's just a lot of routes Um uh, like on that third and three I showed you, Dave, early in the game where Martinez ended up scrambling for two yards and then we got a holding anyway and it sent us back to third and 12. Uh, we had three receivers literally in an eye formation right over uh, the line of scrimmage um, about three seconds after the snap. So when the pocket is starting to collapse and Martinez has to make a throw, they're all within a line of each other. Uh, within about, what, four yards of each other? I mean, it was comically, and I was pausing these plays and taking screenshots (laughs) sending to you guys because I don't know, you know, a national pundit that would say, well, you know, their receivers aren't good enough to get separation. That's not a receiver's fault unless he's running the wrong route. You're sending three receivers into the same area where a team is rushing four, maybe five on certain plays that's easy to cover. And when a quarterback's starting to feel some pressure and he looks up, he sees all those blue jerseys. He's not trying to throw in a white one that way. And that's where you get a lot of hesitancy from Adrian. And that's where he starts taking off, for better or worse, um, depending on how the play breaks down. But there's just some horrible route trees in there. Um, And it's not just all that, though. Obviously, there are times when our receivers do get separation. And Adrian overthrows them, even the six four and six nine ones, or uh, he doesn't look their way. Like um, the last screenshot I sent you guys, the seventy yard touchdown run, he had four receiver. It was a five five receivers were out. Four ended up being on the right side hash mark, which left, and the the ball was set on the right hash mark. So there was only one receiver after you know two three second drop back. That was anywhere from the right hash all the way to the left uh, out-of-bounds line. And that receiver did have three yards of separation as he was making his turn in. And the pocket was protecting Adrian on that play. And he had a perfect passing window that was breaking open in the pocket to throw to them uh, to 89. And that could have been an easy seven, eight-yard first down gain if the guy gets tackled without any you know yards after the catch which would have been a great first down play under Indy resort but adrian never looked left which is the route on that tree that you should have looked the first time because it's the one that is not running into a bunch of defenders and all hanging out with each other (laughs) but he ends up running it for 75 yards uh for a touchdown because it's a broken play and so the net result was good but you know, it's it, it's a, it's a com- compounded thing of we've got rods that aren't good on a lot of these play calls that are just bunched over the middle. Another third and three I showed you late. I mean, these third and threes, they sent all – they had two running backs, three receivers that went out, only three left from the line of scrimmage of 33, and they all went and crossed each other. And so they were all inside the hash marks, all by each other. There's well, – and even he to your point. four. so you got seven defensive backs all co- co- converging on the same area. Of course,
2: none of those three are going to look open, and it's third and three. And Adrian looking
3: downfield and takes off.
2: Well, even to your point, Skip. I mean, when he did have wide open receivers, yeah, he was overthrowing them. There was on the mm-hmm. on the first part of the game, he overthrew the guy running. I even told Hunky I turned to him and I said, "Oh, he's going to throw a nice little fade route to him in the corner of the end zone, and this is going to be our first touchdown of the year. This is going to be great." And sure enough the play develops and he looks at me and he's just like great call never mind i mean ball goes over the receiver's head and even the reception to step uh down the sideline you know you see it step overthrown, and and yeah and step still caught it which was yeah. which was great but had he but not only was it overthrown, it actually seemed a little bit underthrown was going to be my point, because even when you look at it, Steph had to turn around to catch the ball. And had he just been able to run an additional like two, three, four yards down the field and catch that ball, there's a good chance he would have just ran it all the way down for a touchdown. OK, sure. Um, sure. And, you know, it's just little things like that. The um, same
3: goes for the the play, like that first down play, two plays had before the
2: fumble. Boulder. Yeah, sorry. I just feel like we're having the same conversation that we had in Boulder after the game, Dave. When we were when we were down there, I just I feel like it's the exact same conversation. Yeah.
3: He it's finally good. gets a he finally gets a guy wide open, wide open, the most wide open all game. Uh, this was the first down play before the fumble. Now the Hickman, you were Hickman. You. Thank you. Completely overthrows him, and Hickman had probably forty yards yep. before any DB would have caught up to him. At so, least. And what happens two plays later? I mean, that's our big play to the mailbag question. That's a huge play for us because there was, you know, the half half was drawing to a close. We would have at least been in field goal range inside the 20 with a minute to go. And we would have walked into the uh half with a lead, and all of a sudden he yeah. did not make I- that play, not even close. And we're scrambling on a third down and he gets hit from behind and fumbles. And it's now we're down. It's uh, just, but I mean, so that's another reason we're not hitting some of these big plays either. It's just when you do finally get a route tree in your favor and a wide receiver open. And it's a, no doubt you got to throw to this man. He can't hit it.
1: Yeah. I mean, those plays actually worked. We just didn't, didn't execute Mm -hmm. them. Right. And I mean, like you can literally point to, uh, the safety and the two missed extra points, which Boomer, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then the two uh, passes we just talked about where Hickman is is wide open and Adrian misses him and then Wyatt Lever in the end zone where you could argue he overthrew him or Wyatt actually um, kind of uh, cut off his rod a little bit too quick and jumped before instead of running underneath the ball. Regardless, um, th- those are, uh, those are, you know, four points for that touchdown. We had to settle for a field goal there. Two, two points for the um, safety, and two points for the uh, mixed extra points. Uh, safety
3: is also a possession change.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you win the game. Right that's there, a two point literally. turnover. Sure. Yeah, and then we're not even talking about the the scoop and score on their side. So, I mean, it's really simple to get to a win. Doesn't mean that we played any prettier on other facets of the game, but you could have won that game. Um, Yep. without much uh, changes we've we've heard of that right boomer i mean the the punting uh was disastrous too i mean that, those are hidden uh, yards that we lost on that where we had a couple of really horrendous puns and that really set us up for the poor field position that resulted in something like Cam Taylor brett retreating back to the one yard line to catch that punt.
0: yeah all I- right. The special teams playing that game was just inexplicable from everything we'd heard about the offseason, the focus on it, the, the the starting off practices with it, the the talk that, you know, we actually put an assistant coach to, you know, look at special teams. And then the things we'd heard about, you know, being able to punt and everything during practice and you get out in the field and you have what, like a 13 yard punt. I mean, we've beaten that horse to, to death many times in the show how important that field position is being able to flip it. And we saw that in this game. For how much of the first you know quarter or so was the game just played on our side of the field or close to it, it was quite a bit, yep when and their punter was just extraordinary, I mean, just watching him be able to pin things down and then and then it's just that's the kind of game Bimo wanted to play. it was just play the game, try not to screw up, and let us screw up and see what happens, and it works and and you know that's kind of the the downside about it is you know we talk about all the things we did wrong, and you know here's these plays that screwed up for us. Yeah, Illinois had plenty of mistakes and things. They could have gone off the rails in that game, too. I mean, if we talk about, you know, after the safety, okay, fine, they get the ball back. And then, you know, we sack Brandon Peters and injure him, so they're starting quarterbacks out. Knocked out their starting quarterback. Yeah, and then we sack their backup quarterback the next play. They try to kick a field goal, which I thought was a little ill-advised given how good their punter was, and they miss. They they get the ball back to us, and we get a touchdown right away. And then, you know, they, they go three and out. We get a field goal. We're up nine to two. You know, there's there was a lot that could have snowballed out of the way. They even had a you know play later on when it was nine to nine where they fumbled the ball. You know, they turned the ball over to us. You know, that was after a nice you know first down pass that said cows get thrown and right. they give the ball right back to us. And, and then the next series, of course, we fumble it right back to them for a touchdown. It's just and and that's kind of just goes into that whole special teams thing. And I and I don't have any great explanation of either what they're not seeing or doing or what's happening in practice that doesn't equate to a game you know the just the basic punting should not be that hard you know cam cam's got to know to stop at the 10 you know you just can't go back any further and and i have no idea what happened on the extra points i i haven't gone back to watch the game yet some people had said like the first extra point you know the team was kind of rushed out there i don't know why they wouldn't be aware hey we need to be out there but you know the second one again and no real great excuse for why you're missing two extra points in a game. I mean, especially as good of a kicker as as Culp was last year. I, I don't know, maybe it was snap issues, hold issues. I don't know, but I I need to go back and watch those and see if there's anything to pick up on, but just, it's all those little things that snowball for this team and they're not in, they're not at a point where they can just let those things go. You know, they have to clear that up to have great chances to win games and they're just not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I, I think we can belabor this uh for, for a long time, but it's not going to get us a victory versus Illinois. Um, you know, um, some of the the coaches don't help themselves either. The press conferences afterward, where Frost is talking about how they had to throw half the playbook out because Illinois only played in an even front, a four man front opposed to the the three four that they thought they would be going to. Um, I, I, I I swear, how you have a five million dollar head coach. And you don't have the right support staff to make sure he doesn't say stuff like that, because I I just, I still can't believe that's true. And, and, and uh, Lubick tried to kind of reverse course the next day. I mean, like it just doesn't make sense. That's not how it works. And, and, but when you do a quote like that, it's going to be just run, uh, run with, with the media. And um, it, it just, they're they're just a mess and maybe that's an indication of why they don't perform well on Saturdays but uh they have another opportunity this Saturday versus Fordham Boomer you did a great little um bit of history on Fordham football a few months ago when that game was announced I don't know if you remember any of the highlights but obviously we have the history of uh the seven blocks of granite Vince Lombardi uh the Rams were a
0: powerhouse um pre-World War II right yeah they were a power for a long time in uh, college football up until about World War Two ish you know the, the early 50s you know then they went downhill but they were commonly highly ranked they were one of the big ap poll teams i think they had some of the you know if you go back i gosh i wish i remember the tweet there was but there was a a fascinating tweet where a guy had a uh, graphed, you know time spent in the ap poll by team you know by year and it would you know cycle through how often teams are in ranked in the ap poll And if you go back to the early years fordham was in the top few of that they were that you know big of a power at the time and then you know, World War II happened and kind of derailed a lot of schools. Nebraska was one of those, and Fordham was another, and they never really bounced back from, uh, you know, that. They kind of de-emphasized football a little bit, and they just sort of right went smaller and more regional, and that's kind of was kind of the end of them in football. They even dropped football for a while, and they, I think they played a, at a club sport in the 60s and brought it back in the yep. 70s somewhere. I think they were Division III for quite a while, so – So it's been a real up and down, you know, if you're a Fordham fan over the last century. So you've (laughs) you've seen the highs and lows. So it can always get worse, Husker fans. That's right.
1: They beat uh, Texas A&M two to nothing in the Sugar Bowl one year.
0: So they did. Yeah, Um, they do have some bowl wins. So yeah, there is that. So
1: that's right. All right. Good stuff. Well, hopefully Nebraska uh, can bounce back and we can see some improved play. Um, They have us, obviously, have a long ways to go. All right, guys, let's turn our attention to uh, the betcast segment of the show all right guys let's uh tackle the big 10 in week one uh we do have some actual conference games so uh, excluding nebraska's fcs game which doesn't have any sort of official line uh, on it uh where there's nine games to cover and uh let's uh let's work through these one at a time and if uh anybody has a a hot tip let's uh let's talk about it um first big 10 game of the week uh is Thursday a uh, 530 central uh, 430 mountain time kickoff for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights taking on the temple owls uh, Rutgers I believe around a 14 and a half point spread skip I don't know if you have any other number on that one anybody excited about uh, the, the open to
3: is- 13 and a half it has moved up uh, over the last week and a half well the Rutgers did a announce a
0: sellout so I think that's probably you know influencing money their way.
3: Well, is that that true? Is that true? Boomer?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on uh, somewhere on social media today that
2: Rutgers did say they sold out for the game. No.
1: Nice. That's impressive. Over 50,000.
2: It's the Greg Shiano effect right there.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'll jump in here. This is actually one of my best three bets of the week happens to be a big 10 game. Um, If you go back to our season win total over under preview podcast Uh, you'll know what we said about Rutgers. So I don't really need to regurgitate that, but, uh, you know, Shiano has been going through the transfer portal to really kind of beef up the team quickly. We like the way they played last year and, um, Temple is projected by most, um, books and projections to finish bottom or tied for the bottom of the AAC. Uh so for Rutgers to have uh, another off season with Shiano under their belt, play a home game, sold out home game. Um, I was surprised. Yeah, I will easily take a um two touchdown favorite Rutgers at home here. I'd buy that down to 13 and a half since it's I did not unfortunately get it at 13 and a half. So I'll have to buy that down. But yeah, it's it's if you got it early in the week, it was 13 and a half still.
1: All right, yeah, Skip, I might jump on that train. I've been I've tempted to pull the trigger on that one, and it does seem like all these early games, this might be uh, one of the better ones. Anyone else uh, like this one? Over-under is at 52,
0: if you're interested. No, although Skip does make a convincing argument. I do I do kind of like that.
1: Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Well, maybe maybe the, the Knights can make us some money. Um, also on Thursday night is a Big Ten matchup. Uh, in Minneapolis, Ohio State number four, going in to take on uh, the Fighting PJ Flex Golden Gophers, our 14 point home dogs to Ohio State. I have seen this at 13 and a half still on, I believe, FanDuel right now. So I I took that, actually. I I do feel like Ohio State. I think Minnesota is going to be a a good team this year overall. They have a lot of experience on the offensive line. They've got an experienced quarterback, running back, wide receiver. um, But I mean, I, I just feel like Ohio State is ultimately going to cover
0: this. Yeah, betting or not, this is a game I just really want to watch. Uh, just at a fascination level, you've got, a, you know, Ohio State starting a brand-new quarterback. He's never thrown a pass. Is that my understanding? In, in college
2: ball? So. Well, in
1: college ball, yes. Yeah. I think he's thrown in high school. <laughs> in high school, yeah. I had yes. yes. the
0: caveat in college ball.
1: I think
2: yeah. in practice, too. Yeah. I think he's well. Oh, we, yeah, we good what, point, gonna, yeah, good point, Rob.
0: Good point. And just you know, you've got an experienced Minnesota team who's going to try to probably slow things down and you know make it tough for him to score. I just I'm fascinated to see how this game turns out. I, I don't feel good enough to to bet the Gophers to win that, but uh, if if yeah, I, if I had to put money on it, I'd go. Ohio State pulls away late on it and covers. So.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Boomer here, too. I think it'll be an interesting game to watch just for those reasons, um, kind of see where Minnesota is at on the season, kind of how are they going to play against Ohio State? Are they going to come out and try to take advantage of the fact that Ohio State has a new quarterback? And maybe, you know, because, you know, they, they, they generally, um, you know, we'll see what their defense looks like. So it'll be an inter- interesting game. And, and mostly from the Ohio State, though, point of view, I want to see what they look like with this kid at quarterback.
1: I mean, I feel like if you're talking about surrounding somebody with a good cast, I mean, he has the best wide receiving core in the country to throw to, right? So they're going to try to make it easy for him. A lot of lot of targets there, and um, I think they can run the ball, too. So um, i I just going to take the Buckeyes. All right, um, Friday night, another Big Ten matchup. We have uh, Michigan State Sparty going to Ryan Field in Evanston, Illinois, to take on Northwestern. Um, Fitzgerald and Company three-point home favorites over Mel Tucker and the Spartans. Anyone want to jump on this one?
3: It's a big stay away from me. These are both, both teams in complete rebuilds. I don't know what to expect from either well, um,
2: even if Northwestern wins, it's still going to be like six to three. So, I mean, that's the you know, un- over under, under, six, under. So there you go. 45 be, yeah.
3: and a half. There yeah, you go. so yeah,
1: that's that'd probably your uh, be safe bet.
3: The under, I agree. Yeah.
1: All right, Saturday morning, uh, another big uh, 10 matchup here, two ranked foes. You have 19th ranked Penn State going to camp randall to take on wisconsin this is quite the first week one matchup this yeah. really does illustrate how uh, the big 10 is going to kind of own some of uh this week one uh, there should be some really good big 10 games and this is a good one to hear whiskey favored by five and a half over under 50 this is another sca-
3: stay away one for me because i just don't know how to read these teams yet it's a tough one skip yeah if i'm going anywhere on this i'm going penn state um take the spread I, I do think they could be a more talented team on the field and to be getting that amount of points on a first game of a year, you know. Um, that is where I would go. I probably will put a little bit on it.
1: It is a 10 uh, – well, I should 10 say it's 10. 10 a.m. mountain time. So it's in, probably – it would be noon in, uh, in Madison. I'm just trying to think how quick the students will actually get into the stadium. I mean, what do you think the talent level
3: is between those two teams?
1: You know, I mean, Penn State would normally be more talented. They've had, had a couple of down recruiting classes. They're having a great one right now. So, Franklin's building that back up. Um, so, I'm I'm not quite for certain.
0: And did they lose uh, a couple of running backs? In the, I mean, they had some guys leave and retire and stuff like that. You know, yeah, I think year, that, they – Didn't they? Yeah. They seem to have some weird, you know, roster management. This last but I, year so. I,
1: I would say Wisconsin typically goes up against teams when they're going ranked versus ranked and the team that they're playing typically has more talent per se. Um, it is um, their mantra for, you know, development to, to, you know, turn those three stars into four or five stars. And I think Wisconsin has a typically good offensive line. Uh, the question there is Graham Mertz versus Sean Clifford, in my opinion, who do you trust more and that's why it's a stay away game for me because I just don't know. I mean, one of those two guys is probably going to look really good this year, maybe both, but I, I don't trust him yet. And that's why I'm avoiding it.
2: Yeah. A matchup like this coming out of a COVID season. Um, yeah. It'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah. They're not getting yeah. any of my money though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, to me, it's, it seems like
3: um, a coin flip game on a neutral field. So that's why. I would lean to the team getting the points, but like I mean, like you guys are saying, it's a hell of a game to watch for week one uh conference game. Um I will probably go light if anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. It'll
2: outside of the center. CU, outside of the CU UNC game in Boulder this weekend, I think that's probably gonna be the best game mm-hmm. of the weekend.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, don't count out Kansas uh, and South Dakota.
2: Oh, well, yeah. So I'll take South Dakota. What's the spread on that one?
3: A uh, 15 and a half.
2: Oh, wow. And that this. seems
1: reasonable. I would I would probably take that, yeah. Um, well, let's, let's move on. Also, uh, an early game on Saturday. Uh, we have Michigan at home versus their in-state Northern Western Michigan. Uh, those are the Broncos, I believe, right, Boomer?
0: Um, yeah, that sounds correct, yeah.
1: Got Michigan at 17-point favorites over under 67. Anybody want to jump on this one?
2: Silence. No opinion. Yeah. No opinion.
3: Here comes Michigan again with a new quarterback. See what they do.
1: Yep, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, um, afternoon games uh, start off with another ranked versus ranked Big Ten. Uh, Indiana versus Iowa, the 17th ranked Hoosiers, 18th ranked Hawkeyes. In Iowa City, Hawkeyes favored by three over under at 46. Another great game. I'm looking forward to watch. I don't think I'm going to touch it. Um, anybody?
3: I'll just say the same thing as the Penn State Wisconsin game. That I think Indiana could even be favored on a neutral field, and they're getting the hook with three and a half on the road. So I sure might play that. You know. Sure, sure. Yeah, I saw Iowa... Penix.
2: Penix. was cleared to play. I believe he had some injury problem early in, on in practice. In this, uh, you know, recovering oh, from season. an ACL. Yeah. You know, something like that, you know, but um, I saw that he's being cleared to play. So, um, you know, they fixed their penix, and, and it, I mean, I would, I would almost, I'll say it. I would almost lean towards Indiana on this one. Um, But you know, who knows?
1: I think the question there to me is, you know, Iowa is really good at winning close games and they're at home um, they lost their first two games last year, and then they finished six and two. They lost two close games, which is very unusual for Brent. So you got to think, you know, is that going to happen again this year, or is he going to revert back to his norm and, and win these close games that are evenly matched? Um, he's obviously going to keep it close. Um, I, I guess I would look at the under, if anything, at forty six, and think that they're going to try to try to keep it there.
2: Only better with him if he wants to get that extension for going eight and four. So
1: it would help, that's for certain um all right uh here's another one that's uh interesting uh maryland is hosting west virginia uh so i uh, kind of a border war there um in college park west virginia favored by three over under 57 and uh yeah i mean i think this is a real opportunity for maryland to you know flex their muscle a little bit offensively see if they can actually get a win against a big 12 uh, team here but um it, it's uh it will be a, a tough task, I think, Boomer. you have any thoughts on this one?
0: Not at all. I don't know anything really about West Virginia this year and Maryland's yeah you know there are yeah. states
1: that have university football teams
0: yeah, I know I know that that's, that's about it, yeah, yeah, as far as their programs, yeah, I wouldn't feel confident enough to put any money on this anyway, yeah. so.
3: they're both Jekyll and Hyde teams, man. I mean, if you follow the big Twelve. West Virginia will show up and play Oklahoma or whatever, top team close, and then the next next week lay an egg to a crap team. And, and Maryland does the same in the Big Ten. So yeah, it's hard to absolutely. know what you're going to get, especially the first game of the year when those two are going up against each other. Yeah, good point. But um, uh, Maryland's quarterback in a Dr. Pepper commercial already. Really? I did not know that. Wasn't
1: that um, – didn't I, didn't I see him? No, i I seen – uh the clemson quarterback in the
0: oh this has always been more of a mr pibb podcast anyway
1: (laughs) dating back to the uh inaugural big 12 championship team right which
0: was ironically sponsored by dr pepper
3: yet they serve mr pibb yes yes. i thought someone was jumping the gun on Tua's brother
1: uh a lot of people are very high in him though he's got a big arm and he did have a few highlight reel plays last year so we'll see we'll see uh, they also have Marcus Fleming to throw to, you know, we'll see if he can actually have an impact on that team. Um, all right. Um, evening games start off here with Oregon State, our good friends, the Beavers. I believe they've actually chosen Sam Noyer as their quarterback, not Tristan Jebbia uh, to start versus Purdue in West Lafayette. Purdue favored by a touchdown over under at 68 and a half. So you'd be expecting to see some fireworks here. Uh, Any thoughts on the Beavers versus the Boilermakers?
2: Nope. Oregon State's just traditionally been a bad team, and who knows what you're going to get out of Purdue. So good luck with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is is a scary one, really, if you think about it. I mean, if you're betting this one, you might want to, you know, make sure you you can get some help if you need it. All right. uh, And then uh, Illinois, um, last game of the the evening, uh, actually playing – UTSA University of Texas San Antonio only five and a half point favorites in their second uh, home game of the year already and over under at 49 I don't know what that says uh, about the game that
3: happened last Saturday in Champaign um, but it well I think the odds makers know they're still playing with a backup quarterback yeah that's a good point a Rutgers quarterback sorry Hey, you can get it at four and a
0: half right now at FanDuel, Dave. So. There you go.
1: Yeah, you know, well, I mean, when, when we did our preseason, I'm like, I don't know if UTSA is a guaranteed lock for Illinois to win. And that's still the case. I, I would not be shocked if they would somehow mm-hmm. lose this game. They have all this momentum. And it's hard to, to keep up for that. UTSA is a, a, a pretty good team with probably some Texas talent on there.
3: Yeah, like and, I said, they are the odds-on favorite with UAB to – and Marshall to win the Conference USA. Yeah. So they, they're title conference title contending team here.
1: Yep. So it's, that's another scary one, I would think. All right. Well, um, I, I think there's a lot of really good uh, games in this Big Ten slate, just in a lot of uh, great picks. We did find Rutgers, Ohio State, a few others that we uh, might put some money on, but um, might be uh, kind of shying away from some of the Big Ten games here to start the season uh let's uh take a look at some of the other national games out there of note um you know i uh, i've really been fathering southern utah this year um i think they did get blown out last week right skip you make some money on that game they're taking on the sun devils of arizona state 45 point dogs
3: that's a national game of note dave <laughs> i can i can hear the listeners turning off the, the show
1: Southern Utah. Who is in Saint George? Utah? So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Let's let's get serious. Um, actually, uh, a really interesting one for Friday evening. Actually, is North Carolina versus a Virginia Tech. Um, if you listen to our preview with Brett Ciancia, very high in North Carolina and Sam Howell, um, a dark horse, dark horse contender for the college football playoff. Only five and a half point favorites playing up in Blacksburg versus. Conference over Virginia Tech anybody interested in this one
0: uh, I'm letting Brett talk me into it just as part of a parlay though so I North Carolina's got a lot of good stuff returning and you know Matt Brown somehow recruits talent there you know whatever he does he's able to get people there so he does yeah yeah so I, I'd feel okay on a money line bet on these guys I don't know about the spread but uh it's part of a parlay yeah I'm working them in so
1: no, I was just gonna jump on and say I think I'm I'm probably gonna take Brett's advice here in this first one. Let's see if it pays off. I think it's a really small line for someone that he thinks could, you know, contend for the uh, the college football playoff. And so I'm probably gonna take Carolina to cover the five and a half.
3: I agree. Um, one thing I like to bet on is if you've got a a returning starting quarterback who's a Heisman contender and an explosive offense in the first game of the year, you know, they always seem to be a step ahead and more experience in their competition. And I, I, I like siding with those, especially if it's under a touchdown.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, another uh, game. Now this one's not probably not of of note, but it is a future opponent, uh, Oklahoma taking on Tulane. I just want to call this one out in the sense that they moved this game from uh, New Orleans to Norman because of hurricane Ida um and skip i want to say that this line opened up at like 21 and a half or something like that uh, several weeks ago and now it's at 31 and a half so if you would have got this early you you got a bargain right
3: yeah i mean i think a lot of that is considering maybe oklahoma road team but um yeah that i i missed when that was 21 and a half let's just say that
1: (laughs) uh yeah and now yeah. Tulane's
3: in a very tough situation not practicing at home in their own facilities staying in hotel rooms so
1: yeah. yeah yeah i might buy that one down something a little bit more uh reasonable than 31 and a half but it feels like it's it could be a number that oklahoma hits just because of the circumstances
3: at least uh, oklahoma's giving them all the ticket sales that's nice yeah. Good guys good
1: guys pretty good sooners
3: let me throw in a little tip here while we're talking about big spreads like that right um I, you're going to see a lot of big spreads early uh in college football uh seasons especially when these p5s are playing these um g5 teams uh as we're seeing oklahoma over Tulane at 31. Uh, so don't forget people i want to give you a good tip don't forget about first half spreads you always got to kind of do your homework and think, hey, is this team going to probably pull its starters in the third quarter, close down the playbook? You know, there's no, there's nothing in it for Oklahoma with an experienced quarterback coming out to just keep running up the score, trying trick plays, just having them chuck it down the field the entire game. So when you see some of these big spreads and you think, wow, I really would take Team X to win by – uh, you know, 34, but I'm afraid they'll pull their starters. Well, there's still a way you can bet on the game. Then bet that first half spread. Uh, where generally every team is going to play um, at starters, keep a relatively open playbook in the first half before shutting it down. Another thing to keep in mind then uh, on some of these spreads too is who's that opponent's next game. Um, you know, I know I was worried about. I bet UCLA last week, but I was worried that they wouldn't bet, do basically anything against a team. They know they can beat at home against in Hawaii because they had LSU coming in this week, which is one of the bigger marquee games. And so Chip Kelly's not going to play his players all game and have his uh, playbook wide open. So LSU can see everything they They might be um, thinking to throw at him. Uh, same with Fresno last week. They were playing UConn, who hadn't played any football the year before. Everyone was pretty confident Fresno was going to win, win big. The spread was 28, but it was more uh, It was more like, I'm nervous of when are they going to take their starters out? They're not going to let them in all week against UConn. When the next week they're playing Oregon, so they don't. Want, they want to keep their players fresh, healthy, and not put a lot of stuff on tape for a big school that's on their calendar like Oregon. So always look ahead in these kind of week one through five to see who are they playing next week. Do you think they're going to put a lot out there, especially in week one, if they got a huge opponent in week two and they're playing a cupcake? Think about playing that first half spread um, so you don't have to worry about that second half of that game when they might be pulling some people.
1: All right. Yeah, that's actually a really great segue to the next game on because I actually... I do like to play a uh, first half line in Alabama games and Alabama is playing Miami um, line here, Alabama, 19 and a half. They're breaking a brand new quarterback, but it's Alabama, right? Um, and this is in um, a neutral site game, Boomer, as you always love Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium here, there in Atlanta. But I think the uh, the first half spread 10 and a half. So do you think Alabama would would cover 10 and a half the first half opposed to worrying about a 19 and a half point in line? If you go full game, anybody interested in this one?
2: I'd say they cover that in the first quarter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might. I I think Alabama is probably going to win by more than uh, twenty, but I might just take the first half spread on on principle because Alabama always almost covers out of the gate. Mm-hmm. They're really good in playing well in the first half, and then they just can can shut things down to Skip's point, and they may not cover the game but they typically cover their first half even in some of their most marquee matchups.
3: Yeah. They're well-oiled machine. You don't make money betting against Alabama.
1: Yeah. That's the truth. That's the truth. Um, You know, Boomer, I I, I didn't even think I'd talk about this game, but I'm just looking at all the ranked versus ranked games here, Texas, 21st in the country playing Louisiana, Texas versus Louisiana. Louisiana is ranked 23rd, raging Cajuns. uh, This is in Austin. Texas favored by only eight for uh, Steve Sarkeesian's, uh debut as a Longhorn heads coach. Uh, I'm probably not going to touch it, but it's just intriguing that um, in Austin,
0: Louisiana, only eight point dogs. Yeah, that's another game. Like you said, Dave, I'm not touching that with a, you know, 20 foot cattle prod there in, in reference to, you know. <laughs> Longhorns there. That's you're breaking in Steve Sarkeesian and you've got Louisiana with what Billy Napier's their coach. They yep, didn't they right. upset Iowa State last year. I mean they're yep early. Yep. They're not a team you mess with, and you don't know what you're gonna get. So either you know we'll either hear Texas is back after upsetting a you know or beating a Sun Belt team, or we'll all enjoy a good laugh at their expense. So yeah, uh, I, I would not feel confident putting any money anyway on that on that. The weather forecast: a uh, hundred degrees at kickoff. Ugh, that'll Woo. be unpleasant. So, yep. Um, um,
3: no, but, that,
0: but again, I'm going to watch the game. I'll certainly tune in to see what's going on. But yeah, that right
3: opened uh, at ten and a half three weeks ago, or ten. Really? Yeah. So it's every people have been betting on Louisiana as a hot little sneaky play. Uh, ten points that uh, that would be more tempting than eight and a half. Yeah. Um, down to eight on FanDuel. I'm gonna see if it gets down to seven, seven and a half, and play it down to seven, six and a half. Probably yeah, in Texas. Yeah. Just, I mean, they're at home. They obviously got a much more talent. It's worth a play. For yeah, that small so. of a line against a Sun Belt team. But well, I'll be root. I'll be rooting for Lafayette for sure. Well, see, you can't lose but, that way, Skip. Right. Either win
0: money or you. Enjoy the results. So it's a win win. That's how I should do all of these. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. I always bet against who you're rooting for. Can't lose that way. Um, well, uh, another uh, ranked versus ranked and probably one of the marquee matchups here. Uh, Georgia, fifth rank Georgia, playing Clemson. This is a uh, neutral site. Uh, Charlotte. Uh, Bank of America Stadium, Clemson favored by three over under 51. Uh, I I don't I mean, I made the case when we did our preseason uh, bets that, you know, I mean, Clemson, I think, will lose a game and this could be one of them. Uh, But I don't know if I I really like the game enough to, to put money on Georgia. Anyone?
2: I mean, if you ask a Bulldog fan, this is their year. Right, this is this is the year they win it all because every year they do like JT
1: down. Daniels a lot. All of a sudden,
2: they, they really do. They really do. But um, I mean, it's it's going to be so hard to tell. I mean, what isn't Clemson's got a new quarterback too? So I mean, it's yeah, uh, well, he
1: started two games last year when, when yeah
2: was. when when Lawrence was down. He's a
1: five star. I mean, I, mean one guy in class, I was that's that know. was
2: going to be my point. Like, but you know, that's uh, uh, like you know, so what did he is he down to like a four and a half star now or something like that? Just rounded up. Um. So it's that's a tough one too again that'll be a great game to watch. Um I'm not going to put any money on it whatsoever. Maybe uh the over under on the first half or something like you like to do Dave that might be a fun if you, if I was going to put any money down on it. We'll see how some of my uh early games go and some of my early bets and see what I have playing with. And uh you know that maybe is that's the all I do. the Duke's Mayo Classic boomer as uh, we love those,
3: uh,
1: mm. you know, yeah, kind of the are always a
0: passion of the Red Cast. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. Some good commercials for Duke's Mayo. Um, all right, guys. Uh, other ones I'm, I'm quickly looking at here. Uh, Skip, you mentioned LSU versus UCLA. So uh, that's a, uh, a late game there. And UCLA, 16th uh, team in the country, unranked. UCLA throttled uh, the Fighting Rainbows there. Uh, with that, uh, not really that much of an offensive performance. Uh, They didn't do that much. It's just like Hawaii just gave them that game in so many ways. Um, And the Rose Bowl will be empty again, I guess. I don't know. There's like no one at that game last week. Maybe it's a little better attended with LSU. Uh, The uh, Bayou Bengals favored by three over under 65. Anybody feeling good about this one?
0: Uh, I slid that into my parlay as well. I I just don't trust a Pac-12 team until they actually prove otherwise for me. you know chip kelly nah, i'm not convinced he's back yet either you know beating hawaii is one thing and beating lsu even if it's at home but like you said dave there's not going to be any home field advantage there with like six people in the stands so there could be more lsu fans there because yeah it's, a it's quite possible there so the pac-12 has to prove me wrong before i'm gonna go out on a limb and say yeah you're gonna beat an SCC team in the nine count early on so yeah working lsu into my parlay again on the money line there so skip
1: you want to jump on this one Yeah, uh,
3: nope. i i do think UCLA is going to be a team to watch out for they got good lines on both sides of the ball but like boomer it's it, you, you got to see it first to believe it
1: i kind of want to watch LSU just to see um it's uh, it's, uh Jake Pete is that right boomer the uh Nebraska um former Nebraska player who is now their offensive coordinator Um, And kind of a hot shot right now. Uh, Let's see if that offense actually hums there against Chip Kelly. That should be interesting. Um, Sunday night, we have a a solo game, Notre Dame uh, versus Florida State. This is in Tallahassee, and uh, Notre Dame favored by seven and a half over under 55 and a half. Uh, Here's another one where, I mean, Nebraska is just being you know, mocked by the national media, but Florida state has had, had gone through the ringer on that the last few years as well. And uh, there's see if they can turn the corner here at all versus Notre Dame team. That seems to be rebuilding a little bit. Uh, anybody taking the Irish or the Knowles?
2: I actually have uh, the Irish on the money line um, on this game, you know, in a, I just put together like a straight six 16- team money line parlay with high money lines just trying to win a little bit of something with like 10 bucks um hey and you know what hey i will win some money on it but it was just something for fun that i did and and um but i do have notre dame winning that game that's about it
1: i'm glad we're not a professional betting show because i think most professional betters, right skip would not advocate for a 16 money line parlay is that fair to say no <laughs> <laughs> that's that's no. what you'd call a money line sprinkle where you just have to put a little money on some money some games to have some fun but you're not really thinking you got an edge there right yeah,
3: yeah i mean split, came especially out, week like the, one one of those seven point spreads is going down
2: well and it's uh um you know, and again, like the money line parlay, I think it came out to like the total came out to like a plus 320 or something after Mm -hmm. six, you know, so whatever, I win 30 bucks on a $10 bet and move on with my life.
3: All right.
1: All right. Well, I can say
3: I want, I can say all I want, but I know damn well I'm going to be making some money on parlays this weekend too. So they're just fun. They are. They're they fun. fun. They it, are. it keeps. They're it's fun. like playing.
2: It's like playing fantasy football. You know, yeah. you get all these players, random players you don't even really care about, but like it gives you a reason to watch them.
1: Yeah, and you just hit one, and you're you know.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. You hit one, and you make your money back on the three you bet. So there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's other games out of here that have stoked my interest, but um, we could just kind of head to our best bets and see if any of them pop up. Boomer, you've mentioned that you've been working on a, a money line parlay since we were talking about those. What are you uh, giving the bet casters yeah. today?
0: Yeah, week one. You know, like I said, I don't have tons of confidence in lots of teams, but just like Rob said, let's just have some fun with this. So I threw together a three team parlay. Um, North Carolina felt good about LSU felt good about for the reasons we had. And then just to add a little spice to it. I, I think Wisconsin's got enough to beat Penn state early on, you know, at camp Randall, Penn state's been shaky these last few seasons, especially getting off the ground. So you put all that together here. Well, it actually went down while we were watching here, but it's still plus 244 10 bucks. When you at 24 42 decent, decent return in your investment and, not a lot down and give you three games to root for all three big games and should be fun.
1: All right. All right. Well, uh, Rob, what's your uh, magic money line parlay?
2: (laughs) Thank you for, for doing it that way. Um, So really I just took uh, I took Notre Dame, Washington state, BYU. I did take Illinois, Texas and Missouri. There you go. That was a 16 parlay that I put on all straight money line. Um, You know, I put, Put uh, ten dollar came out at plus three eleven, and actually that's why I stopped because I'm a big three eleven fan. So I thought that's a lucky number. So there you go. I'll stop right there. At Let's run those games
1: through again, Rob.
2: Yeah, I got Notre Dame, Washington Notre, Notre State, Dame
1: over Florida State,
2: Florida okay. State, Washington State over Utah State for you know uh, yeah. BYU over Arizona. I've got uh, Illinois over UTSA, so that could be the one. Right. Maybe it be the one that, that kills me right there. I got Texas over Louisiana, Lafayette, and uh Missouri over Central Michigan.
1: All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think if you get Illinois over UTSA, I think you got a shot there. Uh that could be interesting.
2: Illinois right. could kill me two weeks in a row. That's right.
1: <laughs> All right, Skip. Professional better skip. Give us some real actual lines here. Come on, man.
2: Well, I am
3: gonna take Texas. It under a touchdown or seven i am gonna take rutgers is one of my best plays and uh, i think i've found my new kansas this year in new mexico state yes bet against them um as you know they didn't play last year they played two fbs teams in the spring and got waxed by Tarleton State in one of them. And so I bet against them last week against uh, UTEP. They were home to UTEP in week zero. And UTEP, mind you, is a bottom 120 team.
1: And had lost uh, to Mexico State the last three times.
3: Yeah. So UTEP is considered a bottom 20 team and uh, the FCS and beat them 30-3. to three. So now New Mexico State's got to go on the road to a Mountain West Conference champion favorite, San Diego State. And they're only getting uh, – San Diego State's getting 31. I'm sorry. New Mexico yeah. State's 31. I, if I UTEP like this, can beat New good. Mexico State by 27, San Diego State at home can easily beat New Mexico State by 31. The only thing that's going to bite you is, is if they're just going to go full – navy yeah, style types run types for full stuff. navy style run game and just you know do nine minute drives running the ball and don't give them themselves a chance to run up the score just by how much clock they're eating but I, I i'm very comfortable betting that even at a 31 point spread no i think
1: that's good advice right there it's good all right uh anything else skip is that it? that's all those are my three bests I like it. I like it. Well, I have already mentioned my Ohio State at 13 and a half, uh, North Carolina at five and a half, and uh, Bama first half at 10 and a half. Uh, the other one that I had out there um, is kind of that same philosophy, Skip um, Old Dominion, another one of those schools that did not play last year at all. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm, I'm still waffling on this one, so I don't know if I'm going to put it down officially, but um, Wake Forest that. is yeah. favored by 30 and a half, which is a huge number for Wake. But I'm just telling you, it's just like New Mexico State, where you got teams that essentially took a whole year off. Um,
3: Look very at the hard two. Imagine. And Dave, I'm going to be on the first half spread on that game on Wake Forest. Look at the two teams that didn't play last year that played week zero, UConn yeah. and New Mexico State got the doors blown off them. UConn exactly. didn't between them, they scored three points <laughs> between them both that's how much a yeah. year off can hurt yeah yeah so yeah maybe the first half right bet right yeah but i i'm definitely
1: looking at that one let's it's see is umass nice.
3: playing too i need to find that <laughs> umass didn't play last year right yeah they're played playing right. pit
0: this week so. uh, it's a huge number too like 36. it's a 37 and a half right now oh
3: well, that's a first half spread for me
0: yeah yeah there's another first half spread
1: good call good call all right we got we got a principle right now let's see if we can play it out all right guys good stuff um, for uh, a show that we all wondered uh, how how was going to come together uh let's get out of here with some quick parting shots uh boomer take it away
0: well my parting shot was just uh it's just kind of a Take off on, you know, what we saw with Nebraska here with uh, the sellout streak being preserved uh, with our, you know, red carpet rollout where, you know, some boosters stepped up and bought tickets for, you know, the remaining tickets and they're giving the way to the underprivileged, you know, kids out there. And I just kind of want to give that as kind of a reminder to teams. This isn't directed to Nebraska, but it's every team and you know, it's all the college programs, pro teams like that, that, hey, maybe you might want to consider a little downward pressure in your ticket prices occasionally because, um, you know, what's it cost to go to an NFL game these years? I mean, what's it's a ridiculous. Broncos ticket? I mean, yeah, you're you're selling a lot of those tickets now, but you're really killing your future fan base. You're outpricing yourselves from those fans 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Yeah, you can watch it on TV or catch it online, but you know, most people's real first magical experience with sports is when you first step into that stadium, when you first, you know, go to a Husker game or when you first go out in a Yankee stadium and, you know, come out the tunnel and see the field. You know, that's what makes fans for life. So more teams, more programs need to find ways to do this, make these things more affordable for, for everybody to have a chance to go and, and start laying that that groundwork for the future. So hopefully we'll see more of that or in some way, shape or form.
2: Well said. Patrice. Rob. Hey, I just wanted to give one last shout out to to another one of our Twitter followers that, that came out and met up with with Honky and I when we were walking over the game um, to Asian Joe Evans. Man, you were seriously one of the nicest people I met all weekend. Had a great time talking to you. And uh, just, you know, thanks for meeting up with us. And, and thanks for talking to us. It always is nice to hear listeners come over and tell us what they think of the show. and And I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And it's uh, I would say that uh, it's probably one of the only reasons I got on the microphone this week.
1: <laughs> it took a lot. <laughs> All right, Skip, get us out of here.
2: Yeah,
3: let's be real. Um, nobody really wanted to go on the microphone this week, uh, but I'll tell you, I, I added up some numbers here. My my three favorite teams I follow, the Colorado State Rams, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and the Denver Broncos. Uh, in the last five seasons, Their combined winning percentage is 0.427. So I I follow a lot of losing football the last five years. So I know what it feels like, trust me, all around. But the thing that gets me excited still and makes me love Saturdays and Sundays is not necessarily the performance of just my team, but it's the performance of my gambling bets. (laughs) And and that is why, uh, despite five futile years of fandom uh, I still look forward to the football season unlike any sport it's not even close because the gambling is so much more fun and alive uh, in this sport and, and so many more fun ways to play and it so even during a bad year I'm here to tell you Husker fans you could still find other joys in college football and that's not just simply picking a different team to root for it is kind of picking a different team to root for every week that you put money on Um, and you can find some enjoyment in that.
2: So, you know, the, the, one of the things that joys in life that you're going to have here real soon too, is you're, you're about to be a daddy. So you're going to actually have a new fan to train on how to, uh, place those over unders, (laughs) um, parlays (laughs) and root for losing football
3: yeah well dad's gonna need a lot of these wins to hit okay to afford baby things okay that's right get a little that's stressful right. <laughs>
1: that's right all right guys great stuff i'm uh, looking forward to a win versus fordham um and hopefully winning a few of these bets so for now let's call that a go big
2: betcast go big red pbm <laughs> A Huda Media Production.